Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to the best music podcast ever? ever. Available on six platforms: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. Fell. Music Speaks interview. Hey everybody, welcome back to One Word Sale Music Speaks. I am your handicapped host, James Cox. Our next guest is a singer-songwriter based out of Wichita, Kansas, uh, drawing influence from genres including metal, rock, grunge, and country. Our, um, our guest delivers his own brand of original dark acoustic rock. Uh, he has been writing, recording, and performing original music for over 20 years. It, it, was, it wasn't until late 2017 uh, that our next guest started his own solo project and really began to find a stride. He has six singles and EP out right now on Apple Music and Spotify. And his new single... Through the Cracks, which we will be released on on January 29th, 2021, on all platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dusty Grant. There's nowhere I can go but up from here. I'm pushed to the brink, not thinking clear. I scream out these words that nobody hears. There's nowhere to Hey, hey man, James, how I, you pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just uh, just hanging out on a Sunday. Was watching some football with the kids, and uh, I'm just I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you very much. Um, I just want to uh, tell our audience how we met first, and, and and maybe you have a different story or the same story I do. But um, I posted a a post on uh, um podcast guests, I think, and um. Yes. What they did was, you, you know, um, what what is your podcast about? And I obviously music, you know, fill out fill out everything, and you came on my list of contact. Is that the same same story you have? Yeah, yeah. I I've, I submitted a I submitted a form through there because I was I was just getting started with my podcast and I wanted to get on other shows and network yeah. with other shows. And uh, so yeah, I filled I filled something out for your podcast. I saw I yeah. saw what you were looking for, and I figured that I figured that it might be a good uh, might be a good connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I um I oh, I started this podcast with my co-host uh, Brosley, who's not here today. He's he apologized to you. Um, but the the only thing the only thing that I that I can really talk about and and have enough sense to talk about is music. You know, music is a yeah. major part of my life, and I'm sure it's part of your life. Um, so I, we really thank you for being on the show and, and talking to us today. 
Um, Definitely. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, not many artists can blend uh, metal, rock, grunge, and, and country together in, in, their, in their own own thing. Uh, but you did, right? Uh, so when, uh, so when and how did you decide to blend all music genres in the one awesome, awesome genre? I, I think it was just, I think it was just when I went solo and I, I never really had a preconceived notion of what kind of music I wanted to write. When I just, when I started playing guitar and learning how to play guitar, I just came up with riffs that I liked and worked on those riffs and wrote what I kind of felt. And I never really had a mindset of saying, okay, I want to be folk. I want to be rock. I want to be country. I want to be this or that. Um, I was more, I was just playing organically kind of what I felt. And and I think it's just a, I think it's just a, a blend of the influences that I've got just kind of coming through when I write stuff. So right. it wasn't really a cognizant decision. And, and some of those influences are coming on later. And as I listen to more music, I, my influences are always changing. So yeah. I'm sure you can always hear the influences that I have in my music, or at least I, at least I hope you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do. And we're going to get into it in, in just a minute. Um, but but she said uh, this is your first solo um, career starting out, right? So 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 you were part of a of band before, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I started I started in 2019. Uh, I I'm sorry. I started when I was 19. Okay. Um, which was I, I've been a I've been, I've been a musician for about 20 years. I played in rock, met rock, metal, hard, hard rock bands, mostly just, just as a front man and singing. Um, and then in 2017, I decided to go solo. I had my twins and, and had, life changed drastically for me. Um, but I did want to get back into music. So I picked up the guitar and started taking it a little more seriously. And, and here I am today. Right. Right. So, um, you call your, your style of music, dark acoustic rock, right? So, yes, sir. so would you please explain to our listeners what exactly is that meaning to you, dark acoustic rock? Um, it, it's I write a lot about you know the negative things that happen. Sometimes I have trouble getting over those things, and it, I feel like writing music sometimes helps me process um, feelings that I may have. You know, depression, anxiety. Um, sadness, resent, guilt, shame, it, you know, all these things that we as human beings experience. Sometimes it's not as easy for me to just vocalize those things or get my feelings across. And sometimes it's, I feel like it's easier for me to get it out when I'm writing a song for some reason. Right. Um, so most of my music kind of started off as writing about those feelings and maybe not addressing some things that I should have addressed. And those songs are actually me addressing things. Um, whether, you know, now that I look back on that time after I've done, after I've done some personal work and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm not afraid to shy away from being really open and honest about, about my mistakes and the, and the bad decisions I've made and the things that have happened. Um, and I try to be really upfront and honest because I think it's important that not all music is just completely happy. You know, I, I don't, right. I, I think it's good for people that are out there experiencing feelings of depression or loneliness or anything like that can listen to a song and know that they're not the only one with those types of feelings, you know? Right. So they may not feel quite as crazy listening to my, <laughs> my music. Um, but yeah, I, I've always, I've always kind of leaned towards the darker side. Um, I'm, I'm a metalhead. 
Um, so yes. it, it, the, the lyrics and everything, yeah, I yeah, see that. Yeah. <laughs> the, lyri- the, lyri- the lyrics that I write a lot of times lean towards the darker side of stuff just because I love metal too. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit, there's a little bit of both blended in there. And, and I, it's just, the, I don't know why, but when I sit down and play my guitar, I always think about like metal type lyrics or, you know, rock, like rock songs. So that that's kind of where it comes from. Right. Okay. So, um, I um before this um uh, I got you on the show today um I listened to your EP called Trapped Here released in 2019 and I thought it was like a like from a from a good, from from like happy standpoint to to a sad standpoint because uh, your first track called The Gesture you know I thought it was gonna be all funny because gestures are known to be funny back in the old old middle East, mid, um you know kings and queens days so I thought it was right. gonna take me happy. <laughs> She said, but I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> He's talking about some real stuff here, you know. And on the cover, yeah. it, it looks like you're 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 walking with a purpose, you know. So um, did did I hit did okay yeah so um yeah so did this album reflect basically on your life or did you just get that from another source of your of your you know past or whatever? it's a it's a it's a definite snapshot of the times that i was you know that i was going through at the time that i wrote those songs um the the ep is not necessarily in chronological order as things happened but all of those songs um all of those songs are written about you know a specific point you know that i was going through something or, or something like that or trying to get a point across to somebody. So it was, yeah, each one of those songs is definitely a snapshot from a different period of going through some, you know, trials and tribulations that we, that we go through. Um, but that, yeah, that's definitely what it was and it. And I did kind of want to take it as a story. Um, but I also wanted to put some of the newer songs that I hadn't released before earlier on, on the record. Yeah. Um, so new listeners, so so the listeners that I had would get some new stuff right away. But yeah, it, it, it most of the stuff that I write is from, you know, personal experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's very telling to to um to uh, and I bet you feel better about it too because like like yourself, I have depression, and so when you write stuff down on paper or get it out to audiences like like audio. Um, you feel better and and feel less stressed out, less depressed. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um, okay. Uh, so I I work in a thrift shop, thrift shop in Lexington, and there's hardly you know nobody's coming because of this COVID stuff. So I've been blasting your your uh, your your single up from here, and man, yeah. I just think that's the greatest thing ever, dude. You know. <laughs> um, it, it sounds so good because I got a I, I got a, uh, a a feeling like you had an inspiration basically for that song from, from Johnny Cash. Um, yeah, it, it it was a song that I wrote. Uh, you know, I've I've told this story before, but it was a song that I wrote while I was on the road at the end of my first tour. And I woke up on like a wooden floor, and I was uncomfortable. But it was the last day, and I was like, I'm going home today. I'm like, I made it through the first tour, you know, it's only up from here. The next time I, the next time I hit the road again, I'm going to know more. I'm going to have more experience. I'm going to take more things, you know, I'm going to prepare differently, you know, and it was just a, it was just, it was kind of a, it was like the first optimistic thing that I'd written in a long time because it was, I think either was a, a, a certain feeling of achievement. 
And I was like, Hey, if I could, I actually, we put our minds to it and we pulled it off and, you know, it, it gave me a little feeling of optimism. So that, yeah, that song seemed to catch on pretty well because people were used to most, a lot of my stuff being pretty gloomy. Um, but that song was, you know, that song was a little more, that song was a little more optimistic and, and forward thinking. And I think, I think people liked that about that tune. Yeah. And I thought it was a very well um, put together because there's, there's something, okay. So there's something about dark, uh, acoustic music like yours and the slowness of, uh, of the pace, you know, it, it didn't really take you to the high level. It didn't really take you to all the way down slow level, but it would just stay right in the middle where it was perfect, you know? Thank you. The produce and the producer that I work with is, uh, he's phenomenal. So he, he, I take a song in there and then he'll be like, yeah, that's a cool idea, man. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And we put our heads together and we always come up with something that sounds good. Um, and, and, you know, the, the next stuff that I have coming out, I hope will, you know, fulfill everybody's expectation, you know, of what, of right. what I'm going to put out. It's, it's been a year since I released music. Um, and it's not up to me. It's been up because of the COVID stuff, you yeah. know, couldn't get into the studio, couldn't get stuff to mastering, you know, just couldn't get out and do it. And finally got in, knocked out a couple tunes. And now I'm hopefully going to, hopefully going to start 21, you know, 21 off pretty well on the right foot. Yeah. And yeah. Think forward and get back out there a little bit and, and continue to grow this thing and to continue to try to meet cool people and, yeah. and, that's really what it's all about for me so absolutely so um <laughs> so you said you uh started your um your you started making music at age 19 right yeah so yeah, right around there so so was that the age that you thought that the music career would be perfect for you or did it did, did it start way long ago um you know i always loved music and i always loved to sing in the car and i always loved to rap in the car and, you know, I just always love music, always been really into music. And uh, I was at a party with some friends of mine and they had music equipment set up and they started playing some cover tunes and there was stuff I knew the words to. So I just picked up the mic at the party and just, you know, we started playing some tunes and it seemed like people at the party had a pretty good time. And that was pretty much it for me. Right from there, it was uh, right from there. It was, yeah, I think I can maybe do this. We should start a band. And we yeah. started a band and... I've been in and out of bands ever since then. So right. yeah, I, I, I've, I've taken breaks. There's been, there's been some heartache along the way with, with losing projects or personal strife or things like that, or just the timing not working out. Um, you know, there's been a lot of that. Uh, and I think any musician that you talk to that's been doing it for a while has experienced those things quite a bit. Um, but you know, I feel like I'm in a positive place for the first time in a long time. And I'm just hopefully it's going to be able to look forward and put some of the, put some of the bad stuff behind me, you know? Yeah. Uh, can, can you remember your first music memory from my like, first a, from like an early memory, age? Yeah. I think it was mostly my mom was always listened to, um, like light rock and, and pop radio. So I remember like hauling notes. I remember my mom listening to the Beatles. I remember my mom listening to like classic rock. My dad listened to like old country artists like Conway Twitty and, the, yeah. and those types of people. Great, great so, so those, those, yeah, those are the yeah. first, those are the first memories I have. I really started to find my own 
taste in music when I was around 11 or 12. Um, I got my hands on a kill em all, the Metallica kill em all CD and it was pretty much it's over from there. Killer, you know, right? I'm, uh, yeah. I'm like metal. Yes. Yeah. I'm into this. I don't yeah. know what this is, but I really but I like, like it. Yeah. Cause, um, <laughs> cause I'll tell you, man, back in high school, man, you couldn't get me away from not listening to uh, Metallica and Megadeth and all those heavy hard hitters, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think my mom is still sick to this day about Metallica because I used to bother her. Uh, she it's her fault though because she gave me my first metal cassette. You remember cassettes back yeah, in the eighties? Yeah, I had cassettes definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so my I'm mom bought me my mom bought me the Black Album, and I was like, "What is this?" Okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, and then and then it's all over, man. Just just like you just said, it's all over from yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, once you, it's so great to think about those days back in the day when you heard something for the first time. Yeah. And it like changed your life. Yeah. You know, yeah, the first so- time I heard, the first time I heard Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera, yes. I was like, yeah. what <laughs> or, is that? Or even Cowboys from Hell, you know? Yeah. And that just, like, yeah. It's, it's just lit your hair on fire, just melted your face off, yeah. and you didn't even really know what you're like. Wow, yeah. there's a lot going on there. Yeah, you I'm, know? Like, I'm like, people can actually play this. This is awesome, <laughs> man. You know, yeah. I was so excited when I heard of my first Pantera, you know, Cowboys Man Hell record, and that was, you know, my soul just busted wide open from there, man. And I and I haven't stopped, and I haven't not stopped listening to music ever since, you know. Yeah, and you're like, and you're like, okay, so are there more bands like this out there? And you start to look around, and you're like, not exactly like Pantera. There's really, <laughs> right. no, there's really nobody that can do what they did. But right. you find out that there's a lot more aggressive music out there that may not be on the radio or may not be on the mainstream for a for a kid that might not have access to it. Yeah. And then we had stuff like Headbangers Ball. You know, that's where I found my bands. I'd, I've won, when Headbangers Ball came on on Saturday night when I was younger, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. gonna, you know, yeah. I lived, who are they going to have on tonight? Because yeah. they always had artists on the talk and they yeah. always had yeah. the videos were always so badass. And it yeah. was like, all the hard stuff that you'd never see during the day. And I was like, this is, yeah, this is, this is nice. I like yeah. this. Um, um, what was your first CD? My first CD, uh, I believe, was Metallica. I think it was Kill 'Em, Kill 'em All by Metallica, yeah. and uh, an REM Out of Time. Okay, it, nice. Yeah. Got a very <laughs> was, eclectic was, music yeah, range. Like, yeah, yeah. Losing my religion was like big on MTV, and I, yeah. I kind of that. I think that might have been like my introduction into some more alternative styles of music. And then I, then the grunge thing happened and I got into that a lot, but yeah, my first CD ever was Metallica kill them all. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, um, my mom took me to, I think it was waxy maxis or something. One of those old, old, you know, this was back in yeah. the, like early nineties, you know? And she told me, okay, uh, James, you can pick up any CD you want to anything, you know? And I went straight to, A's, and I saw this guy jumping off the the stage, and it was Angus Young, ACDC Live in oh, yeah. right? And I'm like, "Yep, that's the one." And she said, "Are you sure, man? Are you sure? Because these are these have uh you know crowds and and people laughing and clapping." And I'm like, "Yeah." And and ever since then, man, uh, my my it, it was strictly metal until I heard ACDC because ACDC is like a slower paced bluesy rock. And that kind of yeah. and that kind of broadened my my range in music, 
So yeah, ACDC was was it for me, man? Too yeah. <laughs> I yeah, it's it, my my music tastes have changed a lot over the years. Yeah. I you know, I've, especially as I've gotten a little bit older. Right. When I'm on the when I'm on the road and you have a four hour drive and you listen to metal straight through and then you play a show and then you get up in the morning and you don't feel the greatest and you're driving home and you're listening to super loud metal like yeah. seven in the morning. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find something else. It's, it's, I just can't do it this morning. You know, right. like, I got a cup of coffee and I'm like just trying to mellow out and get home yeah. and see my kids. And like, I, now I turn on some country music, you know, I'll turn on a podcast. I'll turn yeah. on, you know, just a lot of different types of music that I never would have listened to back when I was, you know, really into the, into the metal days. Right. Uh, speaking on, speaking of you being on the road, um, I read that you toured throughout the Midwest. Um, what states have, have been your favorite to play in and why? Um, I would have to say Colorado. Um, okay. Colorado was, now I've hit seven states through the Midwest, uh, Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, and Arkansas. But Colorado was, you know, we did an extended, not an extended run, but we had like four dates there in a row. Um, and we had a, an opportunity to have a day off there and go around the Trail of Legends and see all the amazing scenery around there. And the people in Colorado were super friendly and hospitable. Yeah. You know, they helped us with an Airbnb, took care nice. of us. People came out to the shows, brought us food, brought, you know, like people were just super, super friendly there. Um, so, I, yeah, I was shocked because I, I, I'd never played a show in Colorado. I'm like, yeah. nobody here is going to know me. Um, it seemed, it seemed, it seemed, you know, it seemed we knew a, a person or two in each place and, and that helped. And we had, we were fortunate enough to have pretty good crowds that, you know, bought merch and supported us and were really friendly and, you know, opened their, you know, if you guys need a place to stay, you can always work. No, we're not going to, you know, just really, really friendly people. So yeah, I would say Colorado, uh, you know, so far yeah. has been, uh, has been the front runner. And it's always good that that that, that the state welcomes it like that because that gives that gives you more of a ability, I guess, as a word to to, to an incentive to want to go back there and play over and over and over again because they were so nice to you before, and you remember that, you know. Yeah, it it definitely it definitely dictates the definitely dictates the game plan the next time you go out you know this time this year i was supposed to tour and i was i'd already planned to hit that run of shows in colorado again because i was like that was so great i just want to start doing that every year i want to hit those places every year yeah first first and foremost right (laughs) or it should be the last the last place on your tour because you feel so welcome you're like okay i can get through one more day you know yeah yeah this year i'd actually planned a vacation around it like my wife and i were going to go out there early you know get a cabin for a few days in the mountains and just chill out you know warm up rehearse get ready and just you know drink coffee and see the scenery and and just relax and uh you know the the rona took all that took all that away so unfortunately i i I know i'm not the only person out there uh bummed out about not playing shows yeah it seems like this world needs live music more than ever now you know because there's there's something about the atmosphere and the and the way that air smells and you know your, your favorite band is right there you're you're watching them you know, like, like, I can't believe it, you know, all that needs to come back immediately, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I, my, I myself am not as scared of the virus um, as I am of 
it being a poor business decision for a few reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen some artists that are booking shows. They've taken some heat for it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not too. afraid of, I'm not afraid of taking that heat if it makes sense. Um, but you know, another thing is a lot of these places are operating in a limited capacity. Um, and they're offering us, you know, they're offering artists door deals. So, you know, if you, if you've got th- two acts playing and, and the, the maximum capacity is 50, you know the max each act is going to make is 125 if you've got four acts split that in half you know what i mean and then you start to go okay is it even worth me leaving you know is it even worth me leaving my basement we have to sell it out and even if we do this is the best we can do you know so from a fear pure number standpoint and as hard as it is to get people to shows anyway even when things are normal you know i I don't know i've i've been offered a couple things and i've been reluctant to take them um but you know i think as things as the people get vaccinated as we build immunity all as all those things happen i think gradually i'll start to dip my toe in the water a little bit more take some stuff on you know right right well um when you sent me your your uh, press kit, there was the, I I I want to ask you two questions first and foremost. Um, it said on your your press kit that you um opened up for Michael Graves from the Legendary Misfits right here. Yeah, you know. Yes, sir. And then yes. and then you also opened up for John John Karabi, right? Yes. So okay, so uh, let me just tell you a, a, a funny story. It's been years since I heard your John Karabi name. I had to like, when, when, when I read your, your, your kit, I'm like, is that the same one? So I looked it up and it's like, yep, that's, that's the Motley Crue, man. I was like, yeah. 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 So, so, um, I, oh, okay. So, um, so how does that work? Do, 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 does John or Michael, uh, search for artists near them to actually get on your tour with them or, does the, I, or like, I, does I was, the venue contact you? Well, I was, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have the venues contact me. Um, when Michael Graves was coming through Wichita, he was going to the elbow room and I was actually playing a show there at the elbow room and the, the owner and the promoter and the guy that books all the shows there was like, Hey, I got Michael Graves from the misfits coming through. You're a solo acoustic. Your stuff's kind of rock. It's, it's dark. <laughs> You yeah. know, he's like, you had a decent crowd tonight. Do you want to open for Michael Graves? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I Come do. Come on, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I don't that's care a, what night it is. Yes, yeah, that's I no brainer. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I had a friend. Uh, I had a friend named Timbo Kelly. He came up from Tulsa to play with me that night, and he got offered to sh- to get on that bill too. He's like, I oh, love nice. you, Dusty. Thank you. <laughs> Yours was like, pal. I, like, I came up to play a show, and you got me a, a show with Michael Graves. And I'm like, I didn't do a damn thing, but yeah. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the credit, man. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, did you actually get to meet Michael and and John, or yeah. or is it just like in passing, like, hey, what's up? Dude? Yeah, yeah. We we got to we stopped and chatted a, a little bit. Michael okay. was super cool. Yeah. Um, most of the like, I didn't get to stay for the whole Michael set because it was a weeknight here, and I get up super early for work. But even then, I was like, I don't care if I'm out till midnight. I'm playing that show. Right. But right. it got it got to be like one fifteen in the morning, and I'm like, oh man, I got to get out of here. Um, but yeah, Michael was super cool, and John Krabi was super cool too. I mean, we got to we got to talk to him, and they were just really nice, humble guys that seemed to be seemed to be happy about being out doing what they love and putting on shows. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience for sure. Yeah. So I have this ongoing um, 
um, fight with myself, right? Because I I, I want to get your opinion, okay? So sure. I I think that John Karabi is a better singer than Vince, but Vince is a better entertainer. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say especially now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, having, 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 having having seen having seen John Karabi live recently, right? I mean that guy that guy can play and sing. He he's a he's a he's a badass. He's an amazing musician. Right. Vince is obviously a iconic frontman. You know you can't take that away from the guy. But oh. you know I would I prefer the John Karabi. I prefer yeah. I prefer I prefer John Karabi if I had yeah. to pick one or the other. See, it's the same idea with with Van Halen because we did our our um, show last Monday on Van Halen. So I I, I still think to this day I think that that uh, Sammy Hagar is a better singer and Dave is a better entertainer. You know, yeah. I, you know I don't know what you think, but that's you know, but that's I you know I I always respected van halen <laughs> yeah um, totally. but i i never got like really into their music for some reason it was always i'm not sure what it was for me but i always liked i, I always liked it but i never loved it like i never went out and bought a van halen cd and, and i think they their popularity was when i was a little bit young i was maybe a little bit too young you know i i was born in 81 Okay. Um, so I was a fairly young man when they were, you know, really hitting their stride. Like I, mm. I knew more about the Van Halen with Sammy Hagar just because of my age. And when he, yeah. they came out with right now and all that, that that's the, that's when I, that's when they were prevalent in music, you know, when I was a little bit older, yeah. but yeah, I, I would say, I would say you're probably right though. Mm. I mean, I think, I think David Lee Roth's a better performer for mm. sure. I mean, I still think I I still think that fifty one fifty is the best Van Halen record out there. I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> and I know all the David Lee Roth fans are like, no, Van Halen two with them. I'm like, okay, all right. So, you know. I heard. Well, I heard. I heard that uh, somebody went to a David Lee Roth show recently, and they said it was very bizarre. So I, I have no yeah, idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I well, well Dave's a funny guy, so who knows yes, what you know? Is. Diamond Dave is you know, back in the day. <laughs> holy crap, you know so. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so speaking more about the road, uh, can you tell any? Uh, can you tell us any fun stories of playing with other bands on the road? Um, did some of the other bands inspire you as far as musically, or, or like? Well, there, yeah, there's a there's a group of there's a group of friends that I travel with, you know, fairly regularly. Um, there's Sprout the Antihero. He does solo music, but he's also been in, you know, he also fronted a band called King Shifter and he's done some other bands and he's, I think he's got a couple of bands going now. He and I did a podcast together briefly. Um, but yeah, he, he's a blast to travel with. He's just a really laid back fun guy. Yeah. Um, and then I've got my friends rise again. Um, they're from Wichita. I'm really tight with them. And it's strange because I'm an acoustic guy and they're like, you know, I'll, they're like alternative metal or like right. hard rock metal um you know really upbeat you know heavy fast music <laughs> and i'm acoustic but people seem to love to book us together right um i think and i think a lot of it has to do with the promotion but i mean just the stuff that we do on the road you know when you're bored as hell or when you're hungover or whatever it might be and you're driving home and like i you know you got your playlist on and some gangster rap comes on the radio and you start singing all the words to a gangster rap song or something and then people in the car like what i don't think they, i don't i don't think they knew that i had that 
because I, 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 there was a period in my a period of time where I got into hip hop really heavily when I was younger. Right. So I still remember all the lyrics, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, right. It, it comes on the radio and I'll just start rapping. And they're like, that is ridiculous that you can remember the words to all these songs, yeah. man. Um, but I, I, I try to do stuff to like keep it upbeat because sometimes it is crappy. You know, sometimes you're like, all right, we have nine hours to drive to Midland, Texas. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you've ever been down in West Texas, it's not the prettiest place to drive around. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and so we, you know, and you, it's just the stuff that you come up with to talk about, you know, you're, you're in a car, you you know, especially like when you go on a tour with somebody you're spending, you know, 18 hours a, a day with, with, with somebody. So, I yeah. mean, you talk about it all <laughs> you right. talk about. So it's the, by the time you're, you know, you're towards the end, you're still trying to find things to talk about. It starts to get pretty weird, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> no, but, um, speaking about rap music, um, I, uh, man, Vanilla Ice was, was my, you know, it for me, but you know, back in, um, you know, I remember. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if, if, uh, if you heard of the, Marty Ray project, but the he Marty does Ray? the Marty Ray project. Yep, uh-uh. he, he does a fantastic cover of Ice Ice Baby. You need to hear that. I mean, it's, okay, it's it's an acoustic, you know, you know, mellow out song, but but it's literally fantastic. You will love it to death. So All right, I, I'll have I, to check that out. Yeah, man, I, I, have, have. I have recommend that. So. I've always, yeah, I always, I always had the, uh, you know, I like the Dr. Dre era, like yeah. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, you know, the, the early nineties stuff. And then I got like around my junior and senior year of high school, I got really into the Wu-Tang Clan. Right. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I listened to nothing but Wu-Tang Clan for like three years straight. Mm. So I, <laughs> you know, so I can, yeah. I, I just, it, it takes me back to high school every time I listen to that stuff and it, it the, the lyrics come right back to me. And I, you know, I, I can't seem to remember anything important, but I can remember like lyrics and actors and, and the name of shows and stupid things like that. I don't know why my brain works that way. But, but it's fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you did come out with a heavy metal track um, when you recorded your um, 2017 single, I Don't Give a Damn Anymore. It was an acoustic cover, for, uh, 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 acoustic song first, I'm sorry. And then you... Yes. And then you uh, did the heavy metal version. Yes. Uh, what, uh, why did he decide to, to, to do that song with both genres? Cause I know, I know you love, love you love metal music and yeah. acoustic rock, you know? So, so, yeah. so, so, so did you want to, did you just want to release it for sentimental values or did you, did, or like, did that song need a metal cover? I mean, well, metal, it, 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 it needed it you know i i wrote it initially on electric guitar um and i was actually going to try to get a <clears throat> i was actually going to try to get a band together um but then i you know i i made the decision to work on the solo stuff and um i that was a song that i wrote it was just a real simple riff but it sounded really awesome drop tuned and distorted and and loud and, and i was like oh man yeah. that song's awesome yeah. uh, so then i then you know then i wrote some lyrics to it and it was kind of a simple straightforward heavy heavy song um <clears throat> i wrote the lyrics for it and then i just kind of adapted it to acoustic guitar um but then the en- a sound engineer friend of mine had a cancellation he's like i'm looking to fill time I'll do a, you know, I'll do a song for whatever it was, a 
the time i'll do a song for 150 bucks and i was like what do you think dude if i bring my guitar i'm like will you play some leads and you know he's a really good guitar player and he's a guy they've got a drummer that plays in his band and I'm like why don't we metal up a song of mine he's like all right yeah come and do it and and we did it and put it out there and that's it was just something that i did for fun um and you know just because i'm kind of in a situation where i do have the luxury i can release whatever i want to release it, right. it's probably probably not the last um heavy heavy song you ever hear me put out Good. eventually eventually i eventually i'd love to do you know another metal tune or or something heavy or, or guest on a heavy song with another metal band friend you know what i mean some cameos or some collaborations that's something i want to do more of you know the, the solo thing is awesome but you do miss that you do miss yeah. that connection you have with other musicians and and those things that tend to push you you know when you work with other people they push you and i sometimes long for that so i, I that is something that i do plan to do a little bit more of hopefully i i, I saw in a recent youtube clip that you were playing at the wichita river festival um it yeah. looked like you had a good time you know uh, yeah. What was the atmosphere like in 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 the Detroit you as well as Colorado? Did uh, you being uh, from from Wichita? I think that they would. Uh, it was it was strange, quite frankly. Um, it was it was, I was just kind of there playing in a spot like by a food court, and I was just kind of background noise, and I was just kind of pushed off over across the, the way and people were eating on the other side. I mean, I did have some people that were, that were listening to me, yeah. um, but it was kind of strange and they were setting up a stage next to me while I was performing. Um, mm. I was grateful for the opportunity because it was a big, it was a big name show and they, they took care of me. Um, but, but the, as far as performance wise, um, I would say I would probably rather go back to Colorado than do that because <laughs> I felt I felt like in Colorado I was playing to an audience that was there yeah. for live music, and I feel like at the River Festival at the time that I played where I played, um, maybe it was a little bit more focused on your just kind of background music, right? Um, and and then that's fine. I do I do get some gigs like that, and sometimes those gigs pay well. Um, but I, I do, I'm much better off, you know, in a, in a smoky bar on a Saturday night. Uh, you know, I do, I do a lot better in that environment. Right. Yeah. Uh, the smaller shows like that and, and like a bar and place always seems to be the most fun, you know? Yeah. Cause you can get people to sing back to you <laughs> as, as you're singing to them and, and, and festivals like that, it's, it's uh, like, like a riot's going and like like you said the food court is right there and they're sitting there's too much stuff going on you know yeah, yeah I mean, there's if a lot in, of distraction yeah yeah so I, if if you're in your bar you know you got those those people for as, however long you're up there on stage and there's there's some of those you know those bars out there that are amazing that are you know we we lost one of the bars in wichita that that was dedicated to live music um because of the covid stuff but it was it was a bar dedicated to live music if you went there you knew there was live music and there were always people in there looking to find new bands looking for new music and if you invited people to there they knew it was for for live music so most of the time you have a pretty dialed in audience you know and then it's up to you to it's up to you to keep them you know, right. can you, exactly. can you can you keep them watching you can you keep you know can you keep them having a good time and yeah. uh you know that, that that's part of what i love to do though it's like i'm gonna go out here and see if i can win these people over exactly yeah that's always the beauty of uh 
bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, so you are a fellow podcaster too. Not you don't you just don't play music, which is great. Um, right. you, have, you have a podcast called DG and Friends. Um, yes, sir. Um, can you tell our our listeners a, a little bit about it and what do you do on it? Uh, DG and Friends is something that I came up with. Uh, I was like, as I mentioned before, I was doing a podcast with my buddy Sprout. Um, his life situation changed a little bit. He had a, went through a move and his work schedule changed and schedules just didn't line up. So we decided to table the podcast. Um, I lo- During the time that I did the podcast, I loved the platform. Uh, I found myself being you know intrigued by it and, and, and intrigued by the platform and the possibilities with the platform and the connections that you can make through the platform. So I decided... Um, with my, with help from a buddy of mine who does a uh, podcast, his name is Derek Relaford with back home media. He helped, he gave me some, some pointers to get my stuff set up. Um, and then I just kind of ran with it. Um, I have regular guests on like musicians, fighters, producers, other podcasters, comedians, voiceover people, whatever. Um, and then on the, and then I just do another thing called happy hour hangs, which is just kind of an impromptu if I've got a couple friends with mics and cameras available, I'll be like, Hey, you guys want to go live in an hour? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And we, and we we go live and we just kind of, and we just kind of do it. Um, it's, it's been kind of, it's been fun. I've loved it. And I, and I definitely don't see myself, um, giving up on the platform, even when live shows do pick back up because I, I like it. And I think the podcast community, like I've heard, I heard a lot of things about the podcast community being really, unwelcoming um and i've found the community to be super welcoming you know like the other other podcasters other radio people you know i think we all understand that we're all out here trying to do this thing together and like a rising to like if i can bring five of my people to listen to your show and you can bring five of your people to listen to my show yeah it helps us both man i I, I want i want you to succeed and i want to succeed and and let's help each other you know that that's my philosophy on it and i it seems like most other podcasters that i talk to lately especially the shows i've been on they're all of that same mindset. So it's a, it's yeah. exciting. It's a, it's an awesome group to be a part of. Like I never would have met you if it wasn't for podcasting. Right. So, you right. know, I, I, I'm just, I've made a lot of new connections and it's been awesome. I've, I've gotten some people that I didn't think I'd be able to get. Right. And, you know, slowly but surely I'm, I'm just, I'm growing it and I, I love to do it. Right. Yeah. That's something that, that the world needs now is more help from everybody. You know, Cause nowadays it's not, you know, it's not very, um, I guess, for, formidable to find people who would help you as, as yeah. much as you want to help them, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I've, I've, I've really tried to use it to be, I haven't gotten too serious on it. You know, we do, we do touch on some, you know, a lot of mental health issue stuff. Um, we talk about, you know, some political stuff and all that, but I try to steer away from the same thing that you're going to hear on every news channel on on planet earth. Yeah. I try to steer away from that. I I think people see it for 12 hours a day, all day long, everywhere they go when Mm. they get home and they want to sit down and watch a podcast. Like they want to watch a couple guys talk about something silly or they want to learn, they want to learn something about somebody or they want to hear about someone's journey or, you know, I don't, I know there are people out there that make a lot of money doing political stuff, but that's never going to be my, that's never going to be my jam at all. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even have that cable. That's, that's how much I hate 
anything. I don't either. either. Yeah. And podcasts and Netflix and Hulu. Now you're talking about language, you know? Yeah. So, um, like I said, in, 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 in the intro, uh, you have a new single coming out called Through the Cracks. Comes yes, out sir. January 29th, 2021. Um, is there anything that you would like to uh, say to our listeners before the uh, song releases? Uh, all I would say is if you give it a shot, guys, I, I worked really hard on it. This was a song that was extremely painful for me to write. Uh, it was from a, probably the darkest time of my life uh, when I felt like I was alone. Um, a time when I kind of felt like I got thrown to the wolves and, and forgotten about. And um, it, it's just one of those songs I didn't even know if I wanted to put it out. Yeah. Sometimes when I play it live, I can't. I, you know, I break down. Sometimes when I play it, it's a it's a very personal, uh, very painful, p- painful song. But I tried to make it powerful, and I tried to make it so it it, it relates to everybody. Um, so I put everything I had into it, and I think it sounds great. And I would just appreciate it if people would would give it a listen. That's all. Oh. I give give me a chance. Listen one time, and and give me a chance. Got hooked, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm definitely gonna gonna um listen to it as soon as it comes out. Um. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. So um your your um your social media is Twitter at Dusty Grant fifty seven. Yes, sir. Facebook Dusty Grant twenty Dusty Grant uh fifty seven also and yes, sir. Twitch. You got a Twitch account with the yes. same Dusty Grant twenty seven. Um, yes. I know this. You, you don't have an Instagram or a TikTok. I've heard some some very, very, very good things about TikTok now, as opposed to earlier. I, so I, I'm hearing it everywhere. People are telling me that I should get on TikTok, but yeah. I, I have platform overload currently. <laughs> um, I have I'm on so many different platforms, trying to manage so many things, and creating content for my podcast and everything. Um, I'm quite honestly at my limit as far as new things that I can that I can manage with right. the time constraints that I have so if someone wants to pay me to get on TikTok I'll get on TikTok I'll do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think that's likely to happen anytime soon um, I am on Instagram uh, dustygrant57 okay Okay. Um, so you can find me there and the, the best resource is my website. I try to keep it pretty up to date. It's dustygrant.com. Right. You can find everything, pre-saves, podcast information, merch, tours, upcoming guests, Spotify links, mailing lists, all those types everything. of things. Oh, yeah. 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 All good. That's so. a good. Yeah. Definitely. So, I, so I just have two more questions and then I'll, I'll let you go. Cause I know you're a busy, a, a very busy guy with, with children. And that's, yeah, that's, no, no problem that's, that's 24 hour job, right? Right there. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. So, um, so when I remember, I like to ask my guests, uh, which song resonates to them most. Like there's, there's some, there's some songs, which means more than anything in the world to me. And I, and I can hear it. But I just can't tell you how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. One song I will tell you is from Eric Church, Talladega. I tell it that oh. I tell that to all my guests who come on. There's something about that song that I cannot explain to you, even if I. It, it's so hard I can't. I I, I I I just can't. You know. Yeah. So so my question to you is, what song does that same thing to you? Um, I am very very. 
I guess I don't know what they call that word, but I'm very receptive to music when I listen to things and it's well done. Or when I get a certain, I, I mean, I get goosebumps, I get emotional, my eyes well up. I, I enjoy music. It's beautiful, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but I would probably have to go with down in a hole by Allison chains. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that and it's been particularly the live version. Um, just because you can picture the performance. I know, I think everybody's seen that YouTube video of down in a hole being unplugged, you know, yeah. performed unplugged when Lane Staley was on his last, you know, when he was on his last leg there. And uh, it just makes me feel a certain way every time I hear it. Yeah. Our last question for you today is what are you listening to? Um, cause I'm, cause I'm always looking for new music, you know, new stuff to listen to. I'm, I'm a big fan of music, just like you. And yeah. I just want to know if you can re recommend any song artists uh, to me. Um, I can definitely recommend a few. I've been listening to a band called Saul. You've probably maybe heard of them. They've been getting some radio play on Sirius XM, yeah. um, but it's S-A-U-L. I've been listening to them a lot. Uh, I've been listening to a really heavy band called Fit for an Autopsy. Um, they're they're I think they're out of Houston, Texas. They're really heavy and and I'm I've been really getting into them. And just recently I started listening to some Butch Walker stuff. Um, so <laughs> I, I have a pretty eclectic Everywhere. mix of music. Yeah. I, I've been listening to a lot of Cody Jinx, a lot of Waddy Morgan. I like that storyteller outlaw kind of country genre too. Um, but the, yeah, those are those are my go tos right now. That and a lot of a lot of different podcasts. I'm meeting a lot of independent podcasters, so I'm. I find myself listening to a lot of my friends' shows now just to whether I'm going to be going on their show or they're going to be coming on right. my show or whatever, you know, <laughs> trying to familiarize myself with these people so I don't, you know, so I'm not completely clueless going in. But, yeah, those those are some of the bands I've been digging lately. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Cool, man. I got to thank you for coming on the show. It's Absolutely. A, it's really an eye-opening experience for me. And even though my, my co-host is not here, I'm sure he'll be listening to this. Um, awesome and yeah just thank you so much for coming on I, we, we greatly appreciate it yeah definitely when you're ready and you've got everything just uh, shoot me the links I'll get them shared out to all my folks and, and I'm cool. humbled and honored to be on I appreciate you having me I'd love to do it again sometime and we'll do yes sir alright thank you very much alright have a great day alright man you too you've been listening to the when words fail music speaks podcast stay tuned for more and thank you for listening